0: there's days when i get down and so for me when i get you know when those dark thoughts want to come in to my mind i just say kimberly like you survived what you thought you weren't going to therefore you're already winning
1: Hello, welcome to another episode of Amplify What You Love. My name is Kaylee Marks. I am your host, and I am overjoyed to bring you today's guest, Kimberly Gonzalez, aka the Self-Love Sister, host of the Self-Love Sister podcast. She's a motivational speaker who, after surviving two strokes and learning to live with chronic illness, chose gratitude and self-love. She went through my podcast launch program, Amplify What You Love, And created the Self Love Sister podcast. And on today's episode, we go into a little bit more about her journey with the podcast, why she loves podcasting so much, how she uses her voice, what it's like coping and living with chronic illness and autoimmune diseases, the importance of family and community in her life and her healing journey, authenticity, vulnerability, self love, boundaries. We talk about fear, overcoming health challenges and how to cultivate self-love in our own life. Her message is one that we could all benefit from, and I encourage you to stick around till the end when she shares a very practical tip for how we can cultivate self-love right now, right here in our own life. I hope you enjoy this episode. Let's hear from Kimberly. Kimberly, welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. It's been a long time coming. Welcome.
0: Hello. Thank you so much. I'm so excited for this amazing conversation.
1: Yes, yes. So for those who have not met you before, have not tuned into the Self Love Sister podcast, could you just share a little bit about what you're all about with my audience? Obviously, I just introduced you in the show intro here, but I would love to hear from you kind of like, what are you up to in the world right now?
0: I'm doing such amazing things and I have to commend you for it because if I wouldn't have met you, I don't think I would have fully dived into the podcast when um, I should have uh, earlier, but just a general thing is, uh, so I'm Kimberly, I deal with autoimmune diseases and chronic illness, but so I spread that within the niche of self-love because I think self-love is for everyone, but specifically for someone dealing with challenges.
1: So self-love is, one of these terms that is sort of becoming more popular. Um, but I'm so curious, what does it really mean for you? And for those listening, like, what does it mean to cultivate self-love?
0: So for me, self-love is, um, you know, you walk into a room and you don't need to feel like, um, comparison. So, you know, that you are enough with you and also, Self-love to me is setting boundaries, boundaries for your mental health, for your emotional health. It's just something that where you respect if someone doesn't understand you, but you don't feel the need to overshare.
1: Mm, it's a really good distinction. It can be kind of hard sometimes, right? Like having those boundaries to um, contain our own experience. I heard one thing once too, which was like, it's none of my business what other people think about me. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I know that this is something that I struggle with is being in social situations and worrying way too much about what other people are thinking. And it sounds like part of self-love from, from what you were just sharing is, is this container around sort of my own way of, of being and, and not comparison. And I think comparison is such a, um, potentially damaging thing to do. It just, it, it totally Saps our value, our self value, and it and it our self esteem and all this. So how how do you work with with that? How do you work with um, not comparing and especially in social media, which is such a crazy environment.
0: Yes. Well, for starters, I want to ask you a question. So when you walk down the street, who do you, do you notice people, or mm-hmm. do you just pass by in like a few seconds and you don't think about them?
1: Hmm. I'll, no- I'll notice people, you know, like, oh, there's a human, there's a person. Yeah. And yeah, then I pass by and it doesn't take too long to just kind of go back to whatever I'm thinking about.
0: <laughs> exactly. So that's what my mother told me um, when I was in high school. She said, Kimberly, like, no one will notice you, especially if you're just going down the street. She said, so don't think, don't think about anything or other people's emotions for too long, because I promise you they're not thinking about you. Mm-hmm. So that that for starters that was my mom in, in high school and she's been really great. But also the second time the second part to your question was with social media. So back in high school I used to have another another account that that was I call it my social, my high school account. And I just found out that like those people didn't support me or they wouldn't like my content. And I was like, well, who am I doing this for? It's like social validation. So I just said, okay, I'm going to deactivate that one and just put all my energy towards self-love, sister. And I've never gotten so much value. Like I'd rather get 100 messages instead of 100 comments because some people I get it. They don't like to, you know, put their business out there. But that's what I'm here for.
1: Wow. So are you saying that when you created your new channel, you got a ton more engagement of people actually reaching out to you rather than just comments? And it sounds like on your previous account, you even had some like negative comments. Is that right?
0: Uh, No one was ever negative, um, but I just didn't feel like it was very supportive. And I felt like myself, I was pretending to be someone that I'm not. Mm. So there I would post the pictures, the pictures with filters, (laughs) you know, all that stuff, because it was like my it was like a social validation Instagram Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. versus on my self-love. I just um, I post my authentic self and what I'm going through. And sometimes it's not pretty, but
1: That's one of the things about your content that is so powerful is that you you'll share from a hospital bed, you'll share all dressed up going out, you'll share, you know, laying in your bed with your dog, Draco, like you'll you'll share just the full spectrum of your life. And I feel like that I mean, I know, for me, seeing you go through stuff, gives me encouragement and inspiration when I go through my own life things, just seeing how you handle it. And so it seems like that's really been a huge beacon for people. So maybe you could talk a little bit about Self Love Sister podcast and kind of like, where did it start? It sounds like it started on social media and then now it's turned into full on podcast interviews. But what what has that journey been like? And maybe you could walk us through the story a little bit.
0: Yes. In the beginning, um, it for sure it took me a while to actually put my face out there because when I first started uh, Self Love Sister Instagram, I just did it like from from a place in behind. So I wouldn't show my real face. I did it, you know, I was in a hospital bed, I needed a distraction. So that's but that's when I deactivated my other Instagram and Snapchat and all this stuff, because I was going through a stroke laying in a hospital bed, And then I didn't want to see everyone else living their 20, 21-year-old life. And that was very affecting me mentally. So I started by sharing that. And then there was a company that reached out to me, The Unchargeables, and they said, oh, we love your story. Could you help us, like, spread more awareness towards autoimmune disease? And I said, you know what? Yes. So because they shared my face and stuff, that's when I really opened up. And I started getting messages of saying, I like seeing who this account is run by. So that was very um, motivating. That was like that push that I needed, um, just seeing how much people wanted to see who who was the face behind it. And so then I started with TikTok. And then on TikTok, I have a segment called Wisdom Wednesday. And then so that was in 2021. And then no, 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 I'm sorry. That was later in twenty twenty. And I think that's also when I started using Clubhouse and then from there I connected with you. So I feel like everything in my life has happened for a reason and it took it slowly for sure. But it's gotten me to adjust to a point where I'm 100 percent comfortable enough with sharing. Hmm.
1: Super powerful. And so what what has been the biggest difference in Your community, like what were what have you noticed about your community as you've grown and kind of expanded your platform from TikTok to Instagram to the podcast platforms? What what have you? What's some of the feedback you've gotten? What's some of the, um, yeah, impact that you've you've created?
0: I've gotten a huge amount of positive feedback. I figured out from my first followers from my Instagram; they have slowly followed me onto TikTok, onto the podcast. And a lot of them have told me that they do prefer the podcast because from there I used to do Instagram lives and a Mm -hmm. lot of people were sometimes at work or something or they couldn't attend to the times that I was doing it. So they love the podcasting only because they can hear me on their way to work or sometimes they just need a little boost of energy. And so that's when they listen to my Wisdom Wednesdays.
1: So yeah, you have the longer interviews and then you have Wisdom Wednesdays, which are these short little morsels and yeah, the podcast app is really powerful because you can close your phone. You know, if you're mm-hmm. watching something on YouTube, you can't do that. Uh, if you're watching something on Instagram, you can't do that. But with the podcast, it's just it's one of the best ways to listen to audio. So for the listeners, Kimberly was doing Instagram lives. And part of the, the podcast launch strategy that we developed together was to take those Instagram lives and just put them on the podcast platform. Mm-hmm. And so do you still do Instagram live?
0: I haven't done Instagram lives. I've been uh, like a guest on some of them, but honestly, all my energy has been into podcasting. I love it.
1: (laughs) What do you love about it?
0: I just love, I love everything. So I love the behind the scenes. So like the editing, that stuff that people don't see. I love doing that. That's like, I can say it's a time, it's an hour. So my podcasting episodes go out every Monday. So during the week, I take little by little. So I'll take an hour maybe 30 minutes throughout the week, just so it doesn't feel overwhelming.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Cause it can really add up when, when you're trying, when you're down to the line, the publishing line, trying to get all the episode (laughs) and promotional content out. Um, So yeah, absolutely. Kind of like working on it at little bits. What, what are some of the most challenging aspects of the whole process for you?
0: In the beginning, it did take me a little bit of a, like about I want to say maybe two months to fully get into the the gear of you know when I first started with the podcasting I would have to interview someone throughout the week because um they weren't lined up but now I have like a lot of pre-recorded episodes so on those like I know with my autoimmune disease I don't always feel well but mm-hmm. I still I can still release content you know
1: Yeah. So basically batching has allowed you to work with your own, um, ups and downs of energy and having the backlog of episodes. If you hit a moment in time where you need to just rest and recover, you, you still have content
0: that you can share. Yes, exactly. And that's kind of the same as like my Instagram. So I'll take multiple pictures throughout the day. That way, when I don't feel well, I still have something to put out. Same with uh TikTok, that's what I do. So it took me a while to get into the process of having everything like to get in the podcasting mindset, you know. Mm-hmm. So so I you know could pre-record and stuff, but now it's like a blast. I love it.
1: And this is one of the things you talk about on your podcast is navigating life with and with multiple autoimmune diseases and, and learning to live with chronic illness. And you're you're demonstrating it through your entire platform. Maybe uh, for the listeners too, you could share a little bit about just like what you've been through and, you know, what, what your autoimmune diseases are. And also like, what would you like people to know about what that's like having them?
0: Well, I will say it's not easy. Um, so I'm Kimberly, I'm 25 and I have Raynaud's scleroderma, and APS. So Scleroderma is a skin tightening condition. Raynaud is losing blood circulation to your outer extremities. And then APS is antiphospholipid syndrome, which creates blood clots to any part of your body. So when I was 21, that's when I had two strokes and my whole life changed. So when you think you have an autoimmune disease, you think you nailed it, <laughs> you know, it's like life throws you something else. So I definitely had to like relearn a lot of the stuff that I thought I knew about managing with an autoimmune disease and a chronic illness. Now, one advice I want to tell to all the listeners, don't be too hard on yourself. Because I feel like there's no written book of to tell you how to live with an autoimmune disease, I feel like you learn something every day about yourself. And so I'm 25. I know what autoimmune disease I have. But Life can change just like that, and you can' you have to give yourself permission to be okay and it's okay to grieve because trust me, I grieve too. So that's part of healing.
1: Mm, that's so powerful. As, and it sounds like the when you're 21, that was a, a really big moment in time when you had the two strokes that really changed just your outlook on things. And really yeah, t- would you would you share a little bit more about like what what in particular, do you feel shifted the most?
0: So for me personally, it was, um, I valued, you know, gratitude a lot. Like in that moment, you know, you're 21, you think you have your whole life ahead of you. And in that second, I just remember that the doctors were like, she's not going to make it. I was 92 Mm -hmm. pounds. And literally from that snap, I said, you know what, God has allowed me to have a second life. <laughs> so I'm going to take advantage of it. You know, I started um, feeling more confident. I started telling people that I had this disease because just when I had my scleroma and my I looked physically fine. Yeah. Inside, I was really screwed up, but <laughs> no one knew. So I really, I, I would put a lot of pressure on myself wanting to do all these things and events. That I couldn't physically, you know, get up to do, but I I would say I I look fine. So, you know, why not fake it? But after the stroke, it really I started taking more advantage of my mental health because that was a huge toll. It was a part that, you know, when people were going to college and living their best lives, um, you know, I was in a hospital bed dying. So, but I really, really started to take into accountability that I'm like, we should be grateful for each and every day because tomorrow's not promised.
1: This is such a profound lesson that everyone can benefit from. And it's like, we all have to find our way into that part of reality where we can really embody the gratitude, but it's such a big part of your platform. It's one of the messages I hear you share so much. It's, it's definitely a feeling I get from watching all of your content and, and listening to your conversations. And it's like, it, it can always be worse. It seems like we could always yeah. not be here. And so it sounds like you've been able to fuel yourself um, and everything you're doing with by meditating and focusing on gratitude for what you do have and what you are for. But also I heard that you have this self-care, self-love thing of where it's like, you don't have to keep up as you used to, or you, it yeah. doesn't have to look like it used to look. You can be where you are now. And, and you, it seems like you need to strategize with your energy and strategize with what you're, what you're focusing on and prioritizing so that you can live your life to the fullest and, Mm -hmm. and put out what you're trying to put out.
0: Yes. Uh, especially because when I just had the scleroderma and Raynaud's, I would honestly, every single day, you know, do the 12 hours, wouldn't take a nap, wouldn't, wouldn't prioritize my health. And so now I you know if I have to take a nap or if some days I just can't do anything, you know I'll rest and I'll say you know what I'm doing this for future me. I Mm. I mean everyone needs to take a rest, but we're we're stuck in that mentality that you know you have to work 24 hours a day and stuff. And I'm just like no, because doing that you're slowly you know hurting yourself and you're not benefiting anyone.
1: Yeah, it's a marathon, not a race. Right? We have to we have to go at a right pace. I'm also curious hearing you share that. Like, what are some ways that your friends have, have been able to show up for you in a way that feels good, especially thinking about like listeners, like if we have people in our lives that are going through health challenges or have an autoimmune disease or have chronic illness, how can we show up? What are some, what are some ways that you've experienced that as sort of models for like, okay, that's, that was uh, the right thing to say, to make me feel heard and seen and supported or the right thing to do or.
0: Yeah. So, you know, in high school uh, with like a lot of people that may have a chronic illness that can relate, you know, I had I used to have a lot of friends, <laughs> you know, not to brag, but I did or I was still so-called still friends, you know, they were the mm-hmm. friends that I would go out to party and stuff. And then after I had the stroke, I lost all those people. Then all of a sudden, like those people did not exist anymore. And so I really became grateful for the few friends that would reach out to me, I remember when one of my friends, she had she went to Alabama for school and the other one went to Georgia State. But I remember even though they couldn't physically visit me at the hospital, they would call me every single day till I got home. Mm-hmm. And I really, really appreciated that because they knew that that's when I needed some people the most. And so when you know, when they came down and stuff, they would honestly see me and not the one in Alabama because she lives down there. But The one here in Georgia, she would come visit me or she she would always ask me, she's like, do you guys feel like going out today or no? We can always stay in and have a girls night. So even though she never she never asked me, like, are you okay?" Or if she saw that I was tired, she wouldn't insist on going out, even though, you know, I'm always one to say I'll go out. (laughs) But when she would see me she's like how's your energy like are you good and I would say well I'm not I'm not feeling that great but you know we can go out she would say no let's just have like a painting night in or she's like we can watch a movie she she was always she's always been really good with that like where she doesn't force me to do something that I don't want to
1: but there's still an invitation sort of yes
0: yes like she's still she'll still say if you're up for it But if she knows that, you know, I'll say yes, but she knows that I'm not doing well or she's really close to my sister. Like she'll text her on the side and just say, hey, hey, how's Kim? And um, she's became like a she's become like a sister to me. I mean, we call her we call her sister. And that's because, like, you know, she she really got close to my parents and my sister when we had that stroke. And um, I mean, to this day, she's just become one, one of those like sisters that can I can count on her
1: so i was also hearing that it was like she was with you in it yeah by checking in on you every day like it it wasn't even that she was doing a certain thing or saying a certain thing it was just wanting to be with you in your journey
0: yeah that's yeah that is the point and and then after you know i had the stroke i had after the stroke and i got you know discharged to come home i still had a lot of upkeep to do Mm -hmm. as far as like um doctor's appointments and she would offer like i wouldn't she wouldn't i wouldn't have to say hey can you take me to this she'd say hey if you ever need anything please let me know and so when i did she would i mean i knew she had stuff to do but she would still be there for me because she knew that i mean she just knew that she that's what she wanted to do and never felt like i was forcing her to be part Mm -hmm. of my life like she just included herself and i'm forever grateful
1: i'm really happy that you have each other um we we all need someone like that or someone's like that mm-hmm. in our life. Right. And yes. I'm so happy that, that, you know, you, you aren't alone in your journey. You have a support system and, you know, it kind of leads me, I'm curious about how do you handle or what is your relationship with fear? Like having to be in hospitals fairly frequently, having so many different health challenges come up, like what is your relationship like with fear? And do you get scared when you have to go in? And yeah, I'm curious about that.
0: Yeah. Um, to this day, I mean, I I always get scared. Like a few months ago, I had a, a PFT. So for those of you that don't know, it's like you, you get into this um, like little room and they measure like how far you can breathe. And I thought I was going to have some type of lung cancer or something. Mm-hmm. So there's always that little bit of fear that something could go wrong. But I always tell myself, you know, God wouldn't have allowed you to live this far if it was going to be for something worse. And so something that my parents always told me was they were like, you, you know, with um, faith can move mountains. But in, but in Spanish, they would say, mueve montañas. so I feel like I do get scared, but I don't One, I never show it. <laughs> and two, I just have to be confident enough that I'm going to make it or whatever Life throws at you that I can. I'm gonna handle it.
1: (laughs) This idea of being able to handle it is. Are you familiar with a little bit of like cognitive behavioral therapy, a little bit CBT?
0: Yes. Yes.
1: It's not directly like a CBT technique, but I think it's related to part partly how we speak to ourselves in our brain about stuff. And I can handle this is such a powerful mantra to, to just kind of install in our brain for when we go through challenges, like I can handle this, I'm going to be able to handle this. I can, because I know for myself, sometimes when I'm collapsing in, you know, overwhelm or, or something, it's like, uh, I'm not, I can't handle this. I, I'm not going to be able to do, you know, those voices make me feel terrible and more Mm -hmm. afraid and more and less empowered. Whereas I can handle this is such an empowering thought
0: You know, it all starts with uh, what you tell yourself. So if you tell yourself, you know, I'm not going to make it. I mean, nine times out of 10, you're not going to make it. So I think that it's all it starts with your mindset, like the way you you know, perceive things and the stuff that you tell your brain. You know, if I tell myself I'm going to be sick, you know, I'm going to be sick. But if I tell myself, you know what? do whatever you want. Like life, you know, I'm going to push through it. I mean, of course I'm going to push through it. You know, I'm Kimberly.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, you are. So, you know, one of the pillars of self-love sister is wisdom Wednesdays. So could you share some, some of the wisdoms? I mean, I feel like a lot of them are sort of mindset hacks and mindset mantras and stuff. Could you share, you know, whatever you remember is coming up right now, just some, some with the audience.
0: Ooh, this is so good. Okay. Well, one of the most recent ones that I talked about was family. And so family to me, it doesn't have to be blood related. So I feel like family, you know, you can meet, I mean, I consider you family. (laughs) You're, you know, I mean, I've talked to you and especially at a time where I was not my best. But I feel like family and like social media, personal friends, you know, doctors, everything anything can be family. And so that's one of the things I talk about is surround yourself with family and how family can help you, you know, with confidence, with self-esteem, you know, surround yourself with positive vibes.
1: 100%. Those who we associate with lift us up or keep us down, you know, and I love that you're also bringing up that it doesn't have to be blood because so many people have varying levels of difficulty with their family, right? I think families can always be challenging because, we just get triggered by what we love most and what it reflects about us. But however we carve out our community, whether it's blood or not, blood doesn't matter. That has been probably one of the strongest pillars in my mental health journey is like getting that solid, having good friends, good family around has made all the difference. And so, you know, we were trying to set up the podcast before and your mom helped us out with the headphone thing. And it was just a nice reflection. She was saying how amazing you are and how, yes. how much she loves you. And it was just really sweet to see. And so self-love is so important, but also lo- like receiving and giving love in community is so important too.
0: Oh, yes. I mean, I don't think that I could have done my self-love journey because it's never... It's never like you achieve self love and that's it. It's always like a, you know, you have to work for it every single day. And I don't think I could have done it without my supportive parents, my sister, my friends. Um, it's all that circle that, you know, allows me to be who I am, which is, you know, self love queen. Because without uh, first my sister, even though she's younger, she's 22, but she always pushes me to be the best person that I am. My friends always push me to be the best version of, who I am and so at the end of the day my parents are the ones that raised me and they brought me to this world think like knowing that I can do anything you know that I can and I think that's where you know it came from the confidence because you know when I was sick they never told me you know what just because you the doctors tell you something there's not that's it they would always push me to go find something else even though the outcome was that I you know I am sick but they always you know they always told me to keep faith. So I think that really helps.
1: That is so beautiful. And so true. Faith is a really powerful uh, force in life when we can connect with it. And you were saying that self-love is not just this thing. It's not like a trophy you get and then you're there. It's a thing you have to continue to cultivate. Do you have any shortcuts for getting back to that place? Like when you find yourself on a day or a week or whatever, a month when you're having trouble with the self-love piece, do you have any tools or tips or, or pathways back?
0: So for me, when, because, you know, I'm, I'm a human, you know, not every day is going to be, you know, cheery and positive. Like I said, if few... you're a
1: superhero, you're not a human. <laughs> <laughs> Thank
0: you. Thank you. But yeah, I mean, there's days when I get down. And so for me, when I get you know when those dark thoughts want to come in to my mind I just say Kimberly like you survived what you thought you weren't going to therefore you're already winning Mm. so I tell myself that and some days I where I don't feel that pretty um, I'll look in the mirror and I'll say well you know what like no one sees your imperfections but you like everyone always tells you that you're beautiful, you're shining, I'm always smiling. And even and I think that's such a gift, because I, you know, I have pain every single day. But the fact that I can still smile. (laughs) It just makes me so empowered by myself. I'm like, Hmm. Oh, my God, like, if I saw another person being like, always smiling, I would say you're incredible. So why can I tell myself that?
1: It's beautiful. So you're, you're, you're looking at how you would treat others as well and yeah. applying that to yourself, which reminds mm-hmm. me a little of this meditation, loving kindness or metta in, in Buddhism. They do a meditation where you focus on someone that you love and that you want to send love to mm-hmm. an uncomplicated relationship. And you really just like envision beaming love at them. And then you turn it back on yourself.
0: Yes. And it I helps. Mean, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Like you would never tell someone that they're awful. <laughs> so I, I don't know. Why people like think it's okay to tell yourself you're you know you're stupid you're losing you're you know you're this and that and I'm just saying like you wouldn't tell your mom that so why should you tell yourself this?
1: Yeah, it's really a good practice to analyze what are we saying again. Going back to CBT, like if we can really track the dialogue in our head, we can pretty clearly pinpoint why we're having a bad experience <laughs> because it's <laughs> yeah. like that internal narrator narrating the story and the way you speak about yourself and your life and what you're doing, it's like, I do feel the narrator is like narrating this gorgeous, beautiful, epic, um, beautiful story of, of triumph, you know? And I think that that just clues into your whole message and your whole methodology for how you, how you elevate and amplify the stories of your community and people going through such a diverse array of, You know, chronic illness and and different life experiences, different lived experiences, and you're, you're raising everyone's voices up. So I was actually hoping you could share a little bit about maybe one or two or three or however, just what are some highlights from the interviews you've done that stick out to you as really impactful?
0: My gosh, well, I love talking to each and every single person, because I feel like I'm only 25. So I feel like you're constantly learning you know, you don't know it all. Like, I don't know it all. So I feel like I learned something from each person that, you know, I talk to. And I never say like, um, you know, like this guest, I, I don't say like, I'm interviewing this person, I say my friend, because at the end of the day, that's what we are. I mean, and I have such a soft spot for people with an autoimmune disease, because even though we might not have the same autoimmune disease, but I feel like I can connect with that person just because I know how much pain they're going through. And the fact that they're still, you know, some of them are shining, some of them are spreading awareness. Like it just, it's just such a heart for, I have such a heart for those people Mm. because you know, I never like to say I know exactly what you're going through, but I, I can, you know, kind of relate to that. Um, But some oh, gosh, okay, well, one, I mean, she knows this one one guest that I had. um, She's a scleroderma sister. Her name is Farah. And she's in Africa. And when I got the stroke, I really got into, you know, Instagram. Not for my page or anything, but I was just, you know, I like to say I was stalking her because she also has scleroderma. And she was that person that I was like, I admire so much. Like, she's she's pretty famous when it comes to scleroderma. And she was always that person that I don't think I would ever connect to. And lo and behold, like now, you know, she has a scleroderma foundation and she always says she's like, I cannot wait till we share the center stage with each other and stuff like that. So that just shows you that nothing is impossible. You know, if you're there and you're constantly, um, you know, commenting and they see what you have, I swear to God, like, we're all humans behind the screen, (laughs) you know, and I think that sometimes the numbers, people tend to forget that.
1: Thank you for sharing all that. I mean, that is such a beautiful aspect of podcasting in general. And, you know, looking back on on the journey, like when I first met you and you were going through Amplify What You Love, the podcast launch program that I facilitate. And one of those first exercises is, it's like what I've started to call like a love map where we (laughs) write down everything we love and everyone we love. And I always try and force people, not force people, I try and ask and request people to force (laughs) themselves to write down some people that feel unreachable because I think what, like you said, we are all human behind the screen and there is this imaginary boundary or barrier between us and the people that inspire us the most that are sort of like unreachable. And I just love hearing that you were able to connect with someone that inspired you and build and, build and cultivate a friendship with that person. Because ultimately I think that's the power of this platform is that we can build bridges between each other and we can have more understanding and more connection with each other. And that has always been so powerful in my life is to connect with mentors and people who have inspired me. So I'm so happy to hear that that worked out.
0: Yes, it definitely. Oh, and you remember that uh, person, that guy that you sent me on TikTok. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I connected with him and, you know, like we message here and there and I mean, it's just amazing. I I feel like social media is, you know, an oyster of the world. And I feel like you can honestly connect with someone. And just because they don't reply to you like that day doesn't mean they're not going to reply to you. So I just feel like you have to be patient with yourself. I mean, everyone's human. We all have our lives going on. But if you stay consistent, you know, they'll recognize you.
1: Yeah, so with people who follow you or people who are listening to this, like what? So I'm I'm pulling out some feedback that you're giving. So it's like be patient. Is -hmm. there any other tips that you have for building these connections on social media? You've been really successful growing your channel and reaching out to people. What are some of the ways that you've been able to kind of create a connection with someone who you know you you never knew before? And I, I heard commenting, kind of like supporting their channel without even asking them for anything was another thing you kind of said
0: yeah i mean i for me personally what has helped me is yeah like you said like i don't you know immediately just follow them and ask them anything i support them first and i i will like and comment and stuff like that and i'll message them saying hey how are you but i won't say like oh, be a guest on my podcast <laughs> because i feel like i mean that can rub the, someone the wrong way especially if they don't know who you are <laughs> Um, another thing that I always tell people is be authentically yourself, because I feel like that's something that anyone can recognize. They can recognize energy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you're yourself, if they feel like you're a fake person behind the screen, you know, nine times out of 10, they're not going to want to connect with you. But if you show them who you are from the start, they don't, there's not a reason to, you know, judge you.
1: I love it. It's so true. I think the vulnerable realness part as well as supporting first before asking and and kind of showing that investment is really powerful. And yeah, I mean, it's it's been amazing to see the podcast grow and bloom. And I'm curious, like what's coming up for you with your platform and your channel? What are some things that are exciting you and that you're calling forward?
0: So one thing that I would love to do is release a self-love merch that is definitely in the future. You know, I I take a little by little and I really want to, you know, right now it's like my podcast is my, you know, it's my baby. So Mm -hmm. I do want to, you know, take a a year or two to fully blossom this new journey that I've started. Another thing is that I've always said is I I want to be a TEDx speaker because I feel like you know, there's a reason why God allowed me to, you know, still be here. So I feel like I want to connect with as many people as I can. And something that uh, someone told me before is that if you can impact one person um, that you don't know, you've done it. So that's always been the thing for me is I always say, so I don't get lost in that whole followers type world. I always say if I can get one message a day, like that's enough. I feel like I've done my purpose.
1: Yeah. Thank you. I really love hearing that. I think we can all benefit from that mindset shift of it's not about followers, it's about impact. And if we can contribute positively to not just our own life, but to another being's life and, and know that we're impacting that, then that's like enough fuel to keep going, to keep putting in the work. Cause it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to record content, schedule things, you know, come up with ideas, put yourself out there. Like you're saying, like just show up. And especially if you're going through so many different ups and downs with health and trying to trying to just even use your voice, it seems like a, a big expenditure of energy. So it sounds like it's feeling you up when you know that you're creating impact.
0: Yes. And that's honestly because sometimes, you know, there's a day when I don't feel like recording, but I'm like, you know, there's, there's like a lot of other people like depending and waiting for my wisdom Wednesdays or waiting for something. So it's those people that feel me because I know that even though I don't see them, you know, face to face, I know that, you know, there's messages, there's people waiting for me. So I feel like that's that little push that I needed (laughs) because I love creating content. I love doing this. Like this to me does not feel like work. Like it just, and they always say, if you do what you love, you never have to work a day in your life. So
1: Hey, Amen. I love that. I'm all about that and I agree. I think if we focus on what we love it leads us to the most amazing places. And so as you know, you know this podcast amplify what you love. I love to talk to people about what they love. And so I want to ask you what would you like to amplify, you know, if I could give you uh that that Ted stage or if I could give you a microphone that the whole world could hear which you know you basically already have, but what what message would you like to amplify right now? At least I know there's many, but
0: the main one would be, you know, to love yourself because I feel like you can't love someone. um If you don't love yourself, you can't show someone how you wish to be loved if you don't love yourself. And I feel like that should always be number one. I wish that they would teach, you know, kids that self-love is not narcissistic or it's not, you know, selfish. It's not, If you're going to be a better person because of it, then why not? You know, and I think that's where things get confused when you tell them, you know, self-love people think or like some people because of lack of education, they just think it's narcissistic or there's something and it's like, no, like I'm teaching you how to love me.
1: (laughs) So if we could teach in school, this and also for listeners, I love this idea of like tangible practices. What is a way that someone could cultivate self-love or how would you teach a younger kid? Uh, let's say how to start practicing.
0: Okay. Well, you know, for starters, it's like, you know, unleash that pressure, that pressure that you think is holding on to you. Like whether that's, you know, social norms or that's a person like just forget about them and just think what makes you happy you know, to start off with, it's like, what, what would you need to be happy? Like what's stopping you? So is that money? Is that a career? Is that for me, it's impacting people. So that makes me happy. So that's why, you know, when it comes to TikTok, Instagram, this podcasting, that makes me happy. And it does not add anything stressful. So that's what I would say. That's always the number one question is what would make you happy right now. And again, that's also food. So (laughs)
1: Tacos. Yes. (laughs) Self-love is tacos. I love this, Kimberly. This is really profound, actually. And it ties back to what you're saying about boundaries, which is like Mm -hmm. drawing a boundary around myself. What do I need to be happy? And then from that cup, I can pour into other people's cup. And so I just feel like that is really solid, tangible, practical guidance for how we could all deepen our self-love practice today while we're listening to this, after we listen to this podcast episode, we can take a moment and ask ourselves, what do I need? Irregardless of other people, other people's needs and desires, not that we'll forever disregard it, but in this moment, what is it that I need and want Mm -hmm. to be happy? Mm -hmm.
0: Because only if you're happy, then you can- you know, be happy for others and vice versa. It's like a cycle. You know, if you put out negative energy, then negative energy will come back. But if you put out positive energy and it all cycles, (laughs) then it'll come back to you probably 10 times more. Who knows?
1: Absolutely. So as we near the end of this interview, and I would love to have you back on in the future. Is there any, any books or shows or channels that you are loving right now that you would like to kind of give give a little boost a little amplification on on someone someone else's project
0: well let's see you told me actually you introduced me to him uh special needs by special kids or something special books
1: by special kids chris ulmer yeah
0: that one he is someone that i would love to connect and like always i don't like to say it's someone it just takes time But, um, you know, I just feel like I have to, you know, always be persistent and always show that I'm there. (laughs) And one one of these days, I know he's going to recognize me, but it will just take some time.
1: What do you like about his channel so much
0: that he's so it doesn't feel like an interview, you know, it just feels like he's friends with that person prior to the meeting. And I mean, he's just so authentic and genuine, I feel. And I feel like that betrays a lot, you know, because Mm -hmm. they're always surrounded. And I feel like you can the person that you see on screen is who you're going to meet in real life. Mm -hmm. And I love that. Um, As far as a podcaster, I would say Lewis Howe. (laughs) Uh, He's he's like my day one, like um, someone who who I inspire to be. Mm -hmm. And as far as books, um, the four agreements. Have you heard it? Yeah. Yeah, I started reading that. Like Don um, Miguel like, Ruiz. Yes, I I love that book. Um, and there's also a book um that my cousin actually recommended to me. It's called The Four Hour Work Week.
1: Tim Ferriss.
0: Yeah, and I just started. I just started, that and I and I'm in love with it. Again, I'm also very patient because I'm not. I don't. I I don't. I'm not the biggest reader when it comes to, you know, reading books, but like always, none of us are really learned how to, it just takes time. And, you know, if you're dedicated, (laughs) you will finish the book. And, and that's, that's one of my, that's what, one of my life goals this year.
1: I love all the resources that you just shared and I'll put links in the audience, uh, in the show notes for the audience. And thank you so much for sharing a little bit about what you're, what you're gaining inspiration from and how can people connect with you? And what are the best ways that they can connect with you? Obviously, I'll link to your wonderful podcast in the show notes. But yeah, would you share a little bit about how people could uh you know connect with you?
0: So as I mentioned earlier, my DMs are always open on Instagram. Um, you can follow me on Instagram and TikTok at strong underscore self love. Instagram is the best way I always respond to them no matter what. Um and of course, you know, my podcast releases um, episodes every Monday and then Wednesday it's for Wisdom Wednesday. That's a segment on there. I started it from TikTok and it's a little different when it comes on the podcast. It's uh, longer. So it's more in detail.
1: And uh, I'll put your TikTok, your Instagram and the podcast link in the show notes. Like I said, Kimberly, it's so great to get to hang out with you again. It's been a little bit since we've had a, like a long conversation and it's an honor to have you on amplify what you love. Um, I'm so inspired by your message and by the fact that you're out there, uh, doing the podcaster route. It's, it's so great to see this journey, this transformation and yeah, you inspire me.
0: Thank you so much, Kelly. And as always, I tell you, I'm forever grateful for you because of you. You helped me amplify what I love. And it was something that I didn't think it was possible at that moment. But, you know, you, sh- you made it easy for me and I love it. I recommend anyone who wants to start a podcast, you know, amplify what you love.
1: Thank, Thank you, you Kimberly. so much. I'll, I'll see you in the future.
0: Perfect. Thank you.
1: All right, everyone, thank you so much for tuning into another episode of Amplify What You Love. I hope you enjoyed it. Please follow me over on Instagram at the podcast farm at k.lee, L-E-E, Marks on Instagram as well. And if you're interested in launching your own podcast, if you want to share your voice with the world, I encourage you to reach out. You can book a free strategy session and we can talk about what that might look like for you, how you can amplify what you love most and how you can use your voice to reach your community. We have this rare opportunity right now. There has never been a time like this before where we've been able to so easily share our voices with the world. And the planet is going through an enormous struggle and an enormous transformation right now. It's my belief that the best way forward is for each of us to find our purpose, to share our passions, and to communicate with each other so that we can amplify what we love, who we love, and those voices that need to be elevated, we turn up the volume. This isn't just another course. This is a community that will take you to the next level. You'll be guided to launch your own podcast and distribute it so that the entire world can hear it. This isn't just launching a podcast, my friends. This is about using the power of your voice to amplify what you love.